Hey everybody, Nate Clark here. I'm the pastor of Oasis Church here in Richmond, Virginia. We pray that this podcast is helpful and encouraging to you in your life. Here's today's message. All right, Luke chapter number two. I want to start in verse number 11. Here's what the scripture says. This is the angels. They are speaking to the shepherds. And here's what they say in verse number 11. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and he'll be lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with an angel praising God saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. So the shepherds then leave. They go see Christ. They go see this baby God in the flesh. And after that, verse number 17, here's what the scripture says. They had seen him. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I love that scripture. I'm not going to preach on that or bother with that today, but that's one for you to just chew on this week. Mary, it's kind of like a side note Luke puts in there. Mary's observing all this and the miracle working uh, power and story of God, and she's pondering it and storing it in her heart. What a beautiful picture from Mary. Verse number 20, the shepherds returned glorifying God, praising God for all they had seen and all they had heard, which were just, look at that, it's the angels, you guys see that? Which were just as they had been told. Today I want to talk around this idea, I want to talk about beyond the crib, beyond the crib. Pray this out loud with me, say, dear God, today do what no man can do. Open my eyes, open my heart that I may receive your word, believe your word, and obey your word. Amen, 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 amen. Last week, we, we looked at the Christmas story as well and the birth of Jesus, but really, the angle that we looked at it last week was about leading up to the birth of Christ. We looked at two people, Simeon and Anna, who really declare that they had been waiting we were waiting for the Messiah. We were waiting. We, we believed the promises of God, and we've been waiting, and I knew my eyes would see it. My faith believed for it, and then God was true to his word. God did it. The, the Christ is here. The Messiah is here. And so we talked kind of leading up to the birth of Christ and how we now wait with faith an expectation, not for the birth of Christ, because that's happened, but now we wait with the same faith and same expectation for the return of Christ, for him to continue to fulfill his promises in his word that he will come back one day. Anybody ready for that? And, and so we looked at the waiting period leading up to the birth of Christ, and Christmas Eve, we're going to look specifically at the birth of Christ, and today I want to look at beyond the birth of Christ. So, so Christ came, he was born in a manger, but today I want to look at not only that, but immediately following that, because we've talked about the birth of Christ, the Christmas season, the coming of the Messiah did not happen in a vacuum. Didn't happen 
just coincidentally, it didn't happen. God just didn't spur the moment, decide to do something. Uh, it, it was in the plan of God. It had been prophesied about for years before, and it didn't just happen to happen. It happened so that God could fulfill his great plan in redeeming humanity back to himself for his glory, for his fame. And so the birth of Christ didn't just happen there. There was stuff before it and stuff after it. And so today I want to talk specifically about beyond the crib. There's one observation I want to make before we get into that from our text today. Um, and that is in, in Luke 2.12, um, the angels specifically tell the shepherds when they're going, they say, hey, there will be a sign. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I can appreciate that. Like when people are clear and directions are clear, I, I'm just grateful for that. Anybody grateful for that? You're like, hey, go here, do this. It's like, what? Like, what am I looking for? Give me clarity. Give me directions. Give me a sign. They say, hey, there's going to be a sign Here's what the sign's going to be. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloth, and then look at this, specifically lying in a manger. It's really important all those things are there because how many know, hey, go to this town, you'll find a baby. Well, there's lots of babies there. <laughs> go to this town, you'll find a baby wrapped in cloth. Well, most all of them will probably be clothed with something. But specifically, hey, here's your sign. It's not just a baby, he's not just wrapped in cloth. He's in a manger. So, so there's several boxes to check. There's several signs you're going to look for. That's how you'll know he's the Messiah. So they come, and verse 20 tells us that the shepherds returned. They glorified God. They praised God. And then look, for what they had seen, so they saw it. They saw what they had been told about and what they had heard. And then Luke just doubles down on the fact, just as they had been told. So here's what Luke is saying. He's saying, hey, they verified the birth of Christ. It's been verified. They, they were specifically told about it, and they didn't just have to believe it based on the promise and the word. They went there, they saw it, they heard it, just as they had been said. They verified the power and story and hand of God. It's really important because the Christian faith is a faith that can be verified. It's really important. It's a faith that can be verified. Now, I do know Paul says we don't live by sight, we live by faith. But of all the faiths, that people believe in the world. The Christian faith is the faith that can most be verified. Tell you, it can be verified. There has never been any archaeological things found, anything in the story of God that has contradicted the story and truth of God. It's a, it is a faith that can be verified. You can have confidence in the word of God. You can have confidence, uh, practically speaking, morally speaking. Uh, it is a faith that can be verified. I saw a quote this week. It said, Christians believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. Atheists believe in the virgin birth of the universe. Choose your miracle. <laughs> I mean, the Christian faith can be verified. From the birth of Christ, we see the shepherds verifying. Yeah, this is, this is what we were told. This is, what, this is who God said he was. And so the verified virgin birth of Christ. Um, today I want to talk about the crib, the cross, and the crown. The crib, the cross, in the crown. If you've got your notes, here's the first thing in your notes. Number one is the crib, and the crib is a symbol and a picture of new birth. It's a picture, a symbol of new birth. The crib is where God in the flesh was born. The crib is where Christ had come to and revealed himself. The crib is a reminder, look at this, that God came to us, we didn't get to him. 
It's a reminder that God bridged the gap to humanity, that God took the first step, that God initiated reconciliation with his people. It's a reminder that this is where the beginning of the life of the Son of God started, but it's not where he stayed. It's not where he stayed. It's where God was made in the flesh. It's where light began to penetrate the darkness. It's where the invisible God, Colossians talks about, the invisible God became visible, became God that you can look at, God that you can touch, God that you can hear, God that you can see. It was where the words of God and the promises of heaven were verified in the crib, in the manger. The crib is a picture of new birth. It's significant for God coming in the flesh, and it's also significant to me and you, spiritually speaking. This idea of new birth is seen all throughout the scriptures, and it's significant for us today. Jesus says in John chapter number three, he says, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless you are what? Born again. He says, hey, if, you, if you're gonna be a part of the kingdom, you must be born again. In this chapter, he talks about, uh, you've been born of water, Speaking of physical birth, you, you were birthed from your mother physically. You have physically been born. You are physically alive. But to be a part of the kingdom, you must be born again. You must be born spiritually. Your spirit that was uh, dead in its sin, separated from a holy God, that spirit must be made alive in Christ. That, that spirit, you must be born again. We see uh, John chapter 1 Verse four and five, this is speaking of Jesus. It says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It was at the crib where the light of Jesus began to pierce the darkness, where the light of the world came down to dwell amongst people. First John four nineteen, we see this, that we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. We can love God because God first loved us. This is what we see in the manger. This is what we see in the crib. God came to us. God stepped down. We didn't step up. God initiated. God came to us. Anybody grateful for that today? We see in Romans chapter five, verse number eight, the same idea. God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know who was at the manger that day? Sinners. <laughs> Do you know who came to see him at the manger? Sinners. <laughs> While we were sinners, he came to us. He dwelt among us. He took the first step. The crib is a picture of new birth. New birth. And my question for you today is this. Have you been born again? Have you experienced new life in Jesus? Have you believed in your heart and verified the good news of the gospel? Have you seen him and have you worshiped him because of what you've seen like the shepherds? Come on, you, you know this was God because grown men are worshiping and telling people about a baby. This is God. They saw him and they worshiped him. Have you seen God? Have you worshiped him in response to what you've seen? Has the light of the gospel pierced the darkness of your heart? Has the light of the gospel shown into your life or are you still living in darkness? Are you still living separated from Christ? Have you been born again? 
Has your spirit that was once dead now become alive in Christ? Have, have your feelings towards sin transformed where you used to be drawn to it and you used to love it, but now, now you've got a holy discomfort with the things that don't please God? Why? Not because you're trying hard, but because you've got a new nature. You've got a transformed mind. You've got the Spirit of God leading you instead of your flesh. Have you been born again? The, the crib is a picture of new birth. It's where it starts. And we must, you must be born again. But the crib also shows us that that's not where it stops. The story doesn't stop at the crib. Jesus didn't come and be born in a manger just to be born in a manger. That was where it began, but we quickly see he begins to grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with God, in favor with man. Ultimately, he's born there to begin to live a life to fulfill the purpose God had for him. And what was the purpose? The purpose was, number two, it was the cross. The cross is a picture here of our life. Jesus was born in the crib, but he didn't stay in the crib. He wasn't born to stay there. He was born there and began to move beyond there to the cross. The cross is a declaration that you and I are not in charge of our lives anymore. The cross is a declaration that I'm choosing the will of God over the will of Nate. The cross is a declaration that no matter what the cost, I'm following Christ. It's a declaration that no matter if it's not popular or I'm not in the majority, I'm following Christ. Jesus took up his cross in the garden when he's praying to God. Lord, if there's any other way, may this cut pass for me. But he says, not my will, but your will be done. It is a submission to the will of God a surrendering of our own will. And Jesus says this in Luke chapter nine. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple, ready, look at this, must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. So, so the call to be a disciple is not say a prayer. The call to, to be a disciple is to not raise a hand. The, the call to be a disciple is to deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow him. The cross is a call to follow Christ. After the crib, after new birth, you must move beyond the crib towards the cross. So my question to you today is, have you picked up your cross to follow Jesus? Not just have you been born again, but have you moved beyond the crib to the cross? Are you still in charge of your life, or have you given your life over to him? Are you willing to grow in your obedience to him even when it costs you something? See, if you have been born again, you must move towards the cross. You must take steps towards the cross. You can't stop at the crib. Have you picked up your cross? Look, if you only involve yourselves in the parts of the faith that you like, but don't and discard the parts you don't like, you haven't picked up your cross yet. If you only worship with a song on Sunday, but not with your life on a Monday, you haven't picked up your cross yet. If you're more concerned about what other people think of you than pleasing God and what God thinks of you, you haven't picked up your cross yet. If you want God as your savior and the forgiver of your sins, but you don't want him as your Lord and the leader of your life, you haven't picked up your cross yet. 
If, if you serve God as long as it's convenient and brings no cost or change to your life, you have not yet picked up your cross. The, the cross is your journey of trusting God in faith in every area of your life. The, the cross is being molded and formed into the image of Christ every single day. It's being led by the Spirit to trust and obey God's word in your life. This is what picking up your cross is. And if you've been born again, you've got to get to the cross. Because look, the crib without the cross is just cute. <laughs> If, if you've been born again and you're at the crib, but you never move to the cross, the crib is just cute without the cross. And, and it's not only just cute, but it's also weird. Like how many know a newborn in a crib is adorable and it's awesome and it's normal and it's great and it should be celebrated. How many know a 25 year old in a crib is very weird? It's very weird. It's not normal. It, it shouldn't be accepted as normal. It's, it's not how it's supposed to be. Why? Because there's an understanding. As you're growing, you're moving to different things. And so many Christians are born again, but they want to stop at the crib because the cross is too heavy to bear. I'm saying you, you can't stop at the crib. You must be born again, but then you've got to move to the cross. But just like that, the cross without the crib is impossible. So, so you can't pick up your cross and follow Jesus if you haven't been born again. You, you can't live a spirit-led, spirit-empowered life that's honoring and pleasing to God without being born again. If you, if you try to bear the cross of Christ and you haven't been born again, you're just trying to white-knuckle outward obedience without inward transformation. And, and it's not sustainable, and it won't last, and it's not flowing from the work God is doing in you. It's just you trying to bear a cross, and it's the heart of a Pharisee and a religious person. Just bearing my cross. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm just checking the list. I'm just doing the things. I'm just doing the things. And no, no, no. The cross without being born again, that's impossible. So, so you must be born again, but beyond the crib, you must move towards the cross to begin to live your life in a way that's molded and formed into Christ-likeness, into a way that's pleasing and honoring to him. Are you with me here this morning? The third one is this. It's not just a crib. It's not just a cross. But number three is the crown. And the crown is our reward. The crown is our reward. Jesus was born in the crib. He didn't stay there. He bore his cross. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And then he is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is rewarded eternally. We see when he returns again, John records, his eyes are like a blazing fire. On his head are many crowns. Many crowns. Christ is king. Christ is rewarded eternally. Christ received reward because of the cross he bore. We see this in Hebrews, speaking of Jesus. It says, fixing our eyes on him, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Then look at this. This is really interesting. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So why, why did Jesus go to the cross? It, it was the plan of the Father. It was to 
pay our debts, but also in his mind, how is he enduring the cross? Well, Hebrews chapter 12 says, for the joy before him. He, he knew he was motivated by a future joy because of the cross. You say, is that selfish? Is that just looking for words? No, no, no. Jesus, the joy set before him, endured. He, he knew there was joy and reward eternally as a result of the cross he was bearing. And Paul says this about us now in our Christian life. As we pick up our cross, as we follow him, there are righteous rewards to be had in eternity because of our obedience to Christ. He says this in 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. There's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Not only to me, but to all, for who, to all who have longed for his appearing. He's like, hey, I've, I've got rewards because of my obedience to Christ here. And this is, this is not a works-based salvation, okay? We're saved by faith alone, but we are judged and rewarded based on what we do with what God has given us here in our time on earth. And, and so there are righteous rewards to look forward to. So, so as we bear our cross, we can do it like Jesus because I know there's joy to come. I know this is not in vain. I know I will be rewarded for this. It could be temporarily here on earth, but I know for sure it will be eternally with him. There will be crowns of righteousness I'll receive because of the cross I bear here. See, the cross without the crown is hopeless. The cross without the crown is hopeless. To, to bear your cross with no future hope of Reward and joy in eternity is hopeless and it's discouraging and we will grow weak, we will grow faint. But the great part about the promise of God is we can bear our cross with future hope, with future promise. We, just as surely as we believe anything else in the world of God, we can believe and stand on, I will be rewarded. There, there, is, there is joy at the end of me bearing my cross. I love what Paul says in Romans chapter eight, verse 18. I consider our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. <laughs> hey, the, the crosses that you bear picking up your cross here, they, they can't be matched up against the future glory that's to come. They, they, it's not even a battle. It doesn't do it justice. The future glory that is to come because of what we have waiting for us in Christ. We have the hope of a reward and that hope sustains us as we bear our cross. And then the last one is this, the cross, I'm sorry, the crown without the cross is a handout. God knows if crowns were given and rewards were given, without a cross being born, it would rob the joy and the magnitude of the reward. If the reward is given just to be given, not based on any cross being born, there's not as much joy in the reward. And, and so because we bear a cross, we get a reward. You say, well, hey, I want the crown. I want the crown. I want the future hope. Take up your cross. Say, I want to take up my cross. You must be born again. These, these three all work together. See, at the crib, we see new birth. We're born again. God gives us his spirit. He transforms 
our heart. We've got a new nature now. Paul says the old is gone, the new is here. We've got a new nature. Uh, now I don't just live to please myself, I live to please God. Now I don't just have Nate's mind, I have the mind of Christ. Now I'm not just driven by whatever I see around me, I'm driven by the word of God. I've been born again. Been born again, it's a new start. But, but I can't stay there at the crib. I've got to move to pick up my cross. I've got to use God's word like James talks about as a mirror to look at my life and see the parts that don't align with God and, and to mold myself into the image of Christ. There's going to be times where my will combats God's will and I've got to surrender my own because I'm not Lord anymore. He's Lord now. It's picking up my cross and I'm not just doing this aimlessly or hopelessly. I'm doing it. Why? Because there's reward coming. There's reward coming. I'm not just living for today. I'm not just living for now. I'm living for eternity. I'm not just living to store up things here on earth where moth destroyed, Jesus says in Matthew. I'm living to store up treasures in heaven. I'm living for that day. I'm not living for words here. I'm living for the words, well done, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And with hope on eternity, I can pick up my cross. So I'll close with these Three questions for you to ponder today. Have you been born again? Have you been born again? Have you surrendered your life to Christ? Have you let him into your heart and asked him to forgive you of your sins and give you a new nature? Have you been born again? The second question, are you daily taking up your cross? Maybe today the Spirit of God is gently nudging you and challenging you like, hey, you're You've been at the crib way too long. Like, you've, you've, what you, you need to move towards the cross. You need to move towards discipleship. You need to move towards growing towards Christ. Are you daily picking up your cross? And number three, are you filled with hope for eternity? You filled with hope for eternity. Just stand all over the room to your feet here this morning. I want to pray, and then we're going to respond in worship today. I want you to reflect on these three questions as we worship today, as we pray. We're gonna open the altars as we do at the end. If you need to come up and pray and worship and get some alone time with the Lord, we've got communion ready. If you wanna come up and receive communion for those that are followers of Jesus, you can do that to reflect and remember the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. I want you to ask these questions today. Have I been born again? If not, I can't think of a better day. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of salvation. Have you picked up your cross? You might say, Nate, I've, I've been born again. I haven't picked up my cross yet. Come on. Today's the day. Pick up your cross and follow him. Do you have hope? Man, today maybe you're just living this thing and you're so focused on here and now and you're weary and tired. And I'm gonna pray that the spirit of God today would lift your eyes to eternity to give you fuel to follow him. Pick up your cross in Jesus' name, amen. Lord, thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you for the example of Jesus. Lord, you, you never ask us anything that you yourself didn't first do. So Lord, I thank you that, that you did come. You were born of a virgin in a manger. Lord, I thank you that, that you did come and bear your cross. Lord, I thank you that you, you did for the joy set before you endure. So Lord, you've done it, you've modeled it. You're not asking us to do anything you haven't done yourself. 
And so, Lord, we ask today by your spirit, by supernatural power and strength from heaven, that you would give us the strength today to do as you've done. Lord, that you would give us the strength to follow your ways, to follow your plan for our lives. Lord, I pray for those today who need to be born again. Lord, may today be the day of salvation. Lord, may today be the day they surrender their heart and their life to you. May today be a day they become a new creation in you. Lord, for those of us that have not yet picked up our cross, Lord, may today be the day we go all in. Fill us with hope today as we reflect and worship you on these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. Hey, if this content was helpful and encouraging to you, you could help us out by leaving a review or sharing it with the people in your life. I know it would bless them. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.